What's up, everything? Well, somebody's poisoned the watering hole, and the Blues drank deeply. After a 4-1 to loss in Pittsburgh that was a debatably good effort, the Blues went to Nashville and roared out to a 3-0 lead. But just like Jay Bomeister's opening slapshot goal, it was pretty and it was unexpected, but it was ultimately meaningless. As the Blues surrendered three goals in the third and a penalty shot in overtime to leave Nashville with one point and a whole bunch of sour grapes. Where does that leave the note now? That's what we get to figure out over the next hour. So let's get started and let's get drinking. guys no cup podcast it is actually tuesday february 13th we are recording on tuesday this week because we will be recording the rap podcast which we will talk about more in a moment on thursday (laughs) which we're very excited about. we are we are we should clarify uh it is fortuitous though that we are recording on tuesday because if we didn't record in the immediate aftermath of that devastating loss in Nashville. We might have somehow cooled our jets, calmed ourselves, or convinced ourselves that everything was fine. And you as listeners don't want that version (laughs) of us. You want the angry, just disgusted version, Mm. which is what we'll be tonight. So before we get started with that, how are you doing, Ian? Poorly. (laughs) So I think that's all of us. It has really poisoned the water. (laughs) The blues are... A disappointment. They're just like your children. I mean, we don't know from experience, but I can imagine when your children disappoint you, this is how it feels. But then when they do it like over years and decades, <laughs> then you're just like just end a blues it. Fan. <laughs> um, we'll get to all the games, all the nonsense that's unfolded in the last hour. And over the last few days, uh, but before we do that, we've got some other stuff to talk about. We have, first of all, as we mentioned, we're recording today on Tuesday. We may post it tonight or tomorrow, or we may post it Thursday. I'm sure we'll figure that out. You'll know when you hear it. So, (laughs) um, but yes, the reason we're doing that is because we're recording uh, with our friends over at the Random Ass Podcast on Thursday night out in St. Peter's, and we are very excited for that, unlike uh, the Blues game tonight. And so uh, they're being very gracious, very generous to have us on, have us join them for their very fun podcast. So uh, we hope you will look for that, search them on iTunes and Google Play and wherever you can get your podcasts. And you can pot- follow them on Twitter at, I believe, the Rapcast. Um, I hope they hate the blues as much as we do. Because... I do, too. <laughs> yeah, because if they don't, it'll be sad. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like I'm going to do a lot of convincing. Yeah, uh, but in any case, so that's where we'll be Thursday night. We're looking forward to that. And we are also looking forward, believe it or not, to it's finally happening, the bonus episode that we'll be recording this weekend about the NHL (laughs) trade deadline, which was a lot more exciting before tonight. Uh, We'll be discussing 
not that one will be less focused on the blues, although we'll talk about the blues a lot. Mm-hmm. But it will be more of a, a thirty thousand foot view of the league and who maybe needs what as uh, different teams approach the deadline. Who will be buyers? Who will be sellers? Who will move? That sort of thing. We both love the trade deadline. We love it more when our team is relevant. <laughs> uh, hey, we can but, make a move that makes us relevant again. Yeah, Zach we Sanford won't. can come back. <laughs> uh, but in any case, uh, we will be recording that, I think, Saturday and probably putting it out that night or Sunday or sometime in there. Uh, so our big hope is that there aren't any major moves between now and Thursday and Saturday so that we don't... Board knows there will be. I'm sure, yeah. For sure. Uh, but in any case, that... That's us. And then the last thing that we want to mention is March is going to be kind of crazy for us, and we're going to get you details as we solidify them. I'm going to New Mexico on a trip with a college group, and Ian's going to Japan, which is just much more exciting. <laughs> I've never been to New Mexico. Uh, well, you know, it's there's a lot of dirt out there. Math. I heard there's uh, math. Probably that, too. But in any case... <laughs> Uh, you're going to Japan with some college friends, is mm-hmm. that correct? So that's very exciting for two weeks. Uh, so we are going to work some things out there. It'll be a cool month, I think, for you all as listeners. We're going to do some different things, maybe have some guest hosts, maybe have some interviews and things. Uh, we've just kind of talked in mm-hmm. skeletal terms so far. But we, we promise we're going to do our best to get you content and everything as often as possible. Um, and... Uh, I, I don't think you'll notice a difference in the scheduling and some of the content, but I don't think hopefully uh, you as listeners will feel at a loss for content. We certainly don't hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that'll be March and then back in time for the playoff collapse, we will be <laughs> back in full swing. Uh, so uh, yeah, so that's us for the next couple of weeks and months. Um, before we talk about the blues, there's some league news to discuss. Uh, former Blues goalie Brian Elliott had surgery on, quote, core muscles this week, are which those, those just sounds just miserable. Abs. Yeah, I would think. Um, it's a middle body <laughs> injury. Uh, he will be out five to six, I assume, very painful, Ugh, nerve-wracking yeah. weeks. Uh, I don't know. I don't have the standings in front of me. I think Philly's probably out of it or soon to be out of it. Actually, or they not, have they bounced back? I just looked. You got at, very excited. I just looked at the standings of this afternoon, and I believe they're in third place of the Metro, which is weird. That's very strange. I think they've won a handful in a row, and some of those other teams have fallen off. Yeah, well, that is odd. So that's uh, news, certainly with them in Pittsburgh. But uh, losing Elliott will be difficult. I would mm-hmm. say for sure. They have Neuvert, I guess, as well. So. A seasoned yeah. other, not quite starting goalie, <laughs> but um, that'll be a tough loss. A tougher loss, if this team was relevant, would be the fact that Jack Eichel is out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the I, Buffaloes are relevant. Maybe it helps them get Dolan um, or Dahlien, although they probably can't count, count the Coyotes. I got a, a text from our friend Jordan, who's an Avs fan, um, and 
he was just he was telling me about how miserable it was to watch their game against the Sabres this last week. Oh yeah, and he was calling it a race to the bottom. And I said, I think you were forgetting the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> uh, but in any case, Eichel's gone. In happier news, uh, in terms of wallowing in other people's misery, uh, the <laughs> Blackhawks lost six to one to the Coyotes this week, and it's kind of done for them. Yeah, uh, they are currently in last place in the Central. With 56 points in 56 games, they'd need just a miraculous turnaround to make the playoffs this year. Crawford did return to practice on Monday, but there's no timetable <laughs> for his return. Nobody noticed. I think we just skated right through that. Nobody even caught it. No one knows what the table uh, is. No, exactly. Uh, there's no timetable for Crawford's return. And honestly, I think it's probably too little, too late at this time. Would you like to wallow in the Blackhawks suffering at all, or shall we uh, move on? I don't consider Edmonton a very good team this year. Nope. They've got 50 points, and the Blackhawks are only ahead of them by six points. And I didn't know the Blackhawks had fallen this bad until seeing, uh, I think, a couple different fans on Twitter lament that team. Mm -hmm. And just also, yes, enjoy how bad they're doing recently. I don't think they've fallen slow enough for me. I'll be honest. I want to twist the dagger a little. It feels like they just kind of have already hit rock bottom Mm -hmm. and they'll bounce back as quick as they can. And I think they need to be down there a little bit longer. I know Chicago fans probably feel, you know, in the dumps about this, but at the same time, you've had three cups. Yeah. So let the rest of the NHL just revel in your misery for a little bit. There were, tweets of uh fans from i don't know if it was the blackhawks telecast or arizona either one of blackhawks fans getting up out of their seats and walking out of the arizona arena which was just glorious to watch it's so nice to see those sort of fair weather bandwagon fans get their comeuppance mm-hmm. i'd love nashville We're gonna to discuss get it. them a little more yeah. in a while with our tweet of the week mm-hmm. for one of them but yeah definitely the fans a lot of them are kind of fair weather. And that's not all of them. I don't want no. to just paint with too broad a brush. Some but. people definitely suffered through that with those 90s and early 2000s teams because yeah. they were bad. <laughs> uh, to quote George Thorogood or whatever his name was. <laughs> um, yeah, so good to see them failing. Although I swear if they sneak up in the draft lottery and nab like a number Ooh. two or three pick, I'm just going to lose it. That's why the decline needed to be slower. Exactly. You know, they needed to just miss the playoffs this year. Uh, but in any case, one last piece of league news to announce in a big who cares. No, that's probably unfair. But the Kings <laughs> and Senators sealed a trade tonight uh, that sent Dion Phaneuf and Nate Thompson to the Kings in exchange for Marion Gaborik and Nick Shore. The Senators will also retain, retain 25% of Dion Phaneuf's salary, which is... Uh, offensive i don't have it in front of me but i know it's a lot it's a bad contract it's over seven million yeah the kings uh needed some help on the blue line Fenef obviously provides a lot of veteran experience i don't know how good a player he is anymore because i don't get to watch the senators it's hard to imagine anyone on the senators <laughs> you don't get to watch good. Them. yeah i don't have that pleasure <laughs> um but uh i think i mean i think it's a fine trade for the kings they certainly didn't give up much of anything except taking a big chunk no. of that salary off the hands of the 
senators. Although the Gavrik going back thing, you would assume is also a salary dump. Is he even? Is he injured? Is he not? I this don't year? know. It's one of those old man things where he's kind of in and out, yeah. and you never hear about him. Yeah, I would think the Kings got better out of this and. Senators. The Senators just got rid of some guy yeah. they didn't want anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, but So that trade happened, and like you said, it's kind of like when the floodgates open and there's just a trickle of water. <laughs> we want more. We want so maybe much Maybe this will get the Senators to start trading other players. You know, maybe we start seeing a Hoffman. and Yeah, that's true. Those sort of it's guys. It's got to be a start, right? Broussard, yeah. You're starting somewhere. Um, in Blues news... Uh, Zach Sanford has been skating with the team, practicing with the team a lot. Mm-hmm. I would think he'll be back in the next couple of weeks, if not sooner. Um, he's not on the road trip, which is just two games, right? Yeah. I think so. Oh yeah. He's for um, sure not on the road trip. Yeah. So we would have won tonight if mm-hmm. he had been, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Because your dad saw yeah. Zach Sanford in a max. <laughs> Allegedly. I got a picture on my phone this afternoon that my father took of Joel Edmondson and Zach Sanford's backs. But I believe that he knows who they are. I'm pretty confident if I saw Joel Edmondson and Zach Sanford in an Apple store, I wouldn't be sure if that's who they were. (laughs) Certainly Zach Sanford. I Mm -hmm. think I'd know Joel Edmondson if I saw him, but Zach Sanford, he's barely been a blue. Yeah, you'd be like, did I go to high school with you? (laughs) I feel like I know you. That reminds me, when we went to this... We went to a comedian named Gary Goldman at the Funny Bone a while back, and there was this guy there that I was fairly certain was Colton Wong of the St. Louis Cardinals pretty much the whole time. And then that guy conveniently ended up being like the second star of the show because the comedian kept <laughs> calling him out and asking him, asking him questions and stuff because he was sat right by the front of the stage. It was not Colton Wong. It was some 20-year-old guy named Nathan. But in any case... He could be lying, it's, though. It could be mistaken identity. Yeah, or he, if you made it up on the spot, uh-huh. I'd be like, eh, Colton, you sneaky devil. <laughs> uh, and you've got them soft mitts and those <laughs> sweet lips. <laughs> oh, it's uh, delirium already. Okay, so uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, last week, we mentioned Joel Edmondson's injury, and we mentioned that he was treated by a Time Lord, Matt Smith, uh, <laughs> but we didn't actually spend any time discussing what impact Joel Edmondson's injury might have on the Blues, and if you just read the results table, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think about the Edmondson injury? He'll be out five or so more weeks, um, but what do you think its impact on this team is or will be? <laughs> Oh, real simply, we lost when we had him in the lineup. I mean, we lost when we had everyone <laughs> in the lineup, and we continue to lose with them out of the lineup. So really, no effect, no net effect. I, but, I feel similarly. But I, more realistically, I guess I'd say, with those same sort of results, I think we'll miss him, but it's not a huge loss. It's weird, because I value him. Mm. But then it's weird to say, oh, I don't think it's going to be a huge loss. This is one of the reasons I've mentioned before I think he would be a really good trade piece for this team. I think Joel Edmondson's a very good player. I think he's a great young player and a valuable defenseman and everything. But I'm just not sure that he makes an impact Mm. on this team, and I don't say that to disparage him at all. But you don't really... In, in a different way from Jay Bomeister, where he's just Silent Jay not doing anything. You don't see or hear Joel Edmondson, and we've got you don't see his or hear his name much when they're playing. And we've got so many defensemen to spare right now. 
and young prospects we can call up and things. It just feels like of all the issues the Blues have, this injury is mm. far down on the list. It's not like if we lost, like when we lost Schwartz or if we lost any other major forward, we'd just be boned. I just don't think that's yeah. true with Joel Edmondson. Um, and that's why I think you could sell him to a team as like, this guy's a top pairing defenseman who is young and going to mm. be an RFA this summer. So you control his contract. You could get really good value for that. I'm not saying it has to yeah. happen. I'm just saying it could, especially if he's going to come out and demand Jay Bomeister money or more. Mm. And we're just, we should oh, give him BS. that. Yeah. yeah. If anything, a team that strikes me as a team that always needs defense. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what we get from them for trading them, Joel Edmondson, but it would be like a, an Edmonton Oilers have nobody on that team that's like a Joel Edmondson as far as I, I can tell. I think we're getting Connor McDavid. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> that just seems like a team that would need it, or maybe a younger team, That'd like you said. That would be interesting. I wonder, like, Nugent Hopkins, maybe. I don't know. That might be aiming a little high. Yeah. Nah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I just feel. trying to think. I don't know who I'd want on that team. I don't know if I need any. McDavid, you know. Yeah. They've got a lot of young talent, I guess. Um, although you wouldn't know it by watching them. <laughs> um, but in any case, uh, yeah, we'll we'll track and keep you updated on Edmondson's recovery and actually talk about it in the future. Uh, so before we get to the main event here tonight, Ian, why don't you walk us through? the Pittsburgh Penguins game that was, as some have said, a good effort, but still a 4-1 to one loss. I'm on the good effort train, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what train I'm on. We'll oh, figure we're th- going to take that train right off the rails. <laughs> we'll figure out what train I'm on at the end of this. Um, first period was pretty even. We ended up 0-0. I've only caught like the very second or the second half of this, but it looked like a high compete level at least, which is something you want to see. It also seemed like we were like dialed in. We had a lot of neutral zone pressure, which I liked against a team like Pittsburgh that really likes to skate through there and be on the offense or in your zone Mm -hmm. more often than not. We kind of forget that Pittsburgh, I guess no one forgets that they've won two cups, but they started off the season kind of poorly. And they've actually picked it up recently. So I thought that whole first period actually looked like we had come to play, finally, for once, against another good team. (laughs) Which was nice, especially after we just had won, uh, again, Winnipeg on Friday. I thought this was a nice continuation. There was an effort there. Yeah, agreed. And so we moved into the second period with the same sort of effort. There was a Blues goal. Kyle Brodziak got his ninth of the season. Also, real quickly, yeah. it's nice to see that effort at 11 a.m. when we have oh, yeah. in the past made that as our excuse for, oh, we didn't play well because we weren't ready for the 1 o'clock starter. Yeah, we well, so. it's ridiculous anyways that we were starting oh, at 11. certainly. That's a whole different scapegoat we can argue yeah. about. Brodziak, yeah. About. Agree loudly. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say this was at... Uh, 310 into the second period, Brodziak's ninth goal of the season, assisted by Thorburn and Upshaw. It could have been Thorburn's goal if uh, the puck wasn't bouncing. Brodziak and Thorburn had a two-on-one, which is weird to say. You see some Brodziak-Upshaw two-on-ones here and there, but the fact that Thorburn had any amount of speed to separate <laughs> himself from anyone is kind of amazing and deserves a point on its own. Uh, Brodziak held on the puck a little long to try and fake a shot, and he kind of tried to saucer pass it over to to uh, Thorburn, who almost got a stick on it, but it bounced over him. 
uh, Thorburn ended up with the puck behind the net, and he just kind of whacked at it to go out in front, and Brodziak buried it past Murray. The Penguins... Uh, the fact that Chris Thorburn yeah. has four assists for this team after having played, I don't know, 20 games to yeah. 30 probably is kind of impressive to me. And then considering the role he plays. I remember at least one of, of them, that yeah. probably don't have four assists. At least one of them was a real assist, too. The rest of these have been kind of hacking Os- and whacking. Oscar Sundquist, Tage Thompson, and Carl Gunnarsson all have fewer assists. And he's tied with Jay Bomeister and Ivan Barbashev. That only shocks and me that Gunnarsson has less. games. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I Gunnarsson. feel like Gunnarsson should have more. Carl, boom, boom. <laughs> no one <Gunnarsson>. calls him that. <laughs> Darren Pang's got to drop, yeah, whatever. He's got (laughs) to drop these names. They're terrible. Schwizzle Schwartz is not catching on, even though I just said it. And I'll never say it again. You're going to say it again. Mm -mm. When he raises the cup, when that's what's engraved on the cup. Yeah. (laughs) Now I know you're joking. (laughs) Uh, That goal from Brodzak was really nice, but it it didn't last too long. We couldn't celebrate for too long. With less than 30, or less than 30 seconds later, uh, Sidney Crosby... Said the kid. I've heard of him. He's thirty years old. People but said actually the kid. call him that. Yeah. Oh that's no. Yeah, that's like a real Peng's name. Colloquial nickname for him. Oh, Sid the kid. <laughs> he would if Sidney Crosby was on this team. Darren Pang would find a different name oh, to yeah. call him. Oh yeah. It'd be Swizzle Sidney or well, whatever. While everybody else was calling him Sid the kid. Yeah, he'd come up with something <laughs> stupid. I'm so sorry, Darren. I'm just upset tonight. <laughs> I'm just upset. We love you, Darren. Yeah, we don't, love you. Don't stop listening to the Two Guys No Cup podcast that yeah. you certainly do <laughs> listen to. I know he's listening. Uh, he's up on his stool. Yep, yep. Darren's stool. <laughs> Packer's uh, stool on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's delightful. This is a Crosby goal was his 18th of the season and also his 400th of his career. Good. Which is, we were talking about a high number? That's, That's not a low number. No. But is that like high enough for Sidney Crosby? I, I mean, guess. it's not. It's he's not, been injured a lot. I mean, like, yeah. I think that's one of the things that's kind of ignored mm-hmm. in his he's had career. Like three he's had three concussions. Several major injuries. Yeah. It's a good number. He, yeah. He'll get that's a good. <laughs> he's a good. He's a decent player. He's all right. I think that kid's gonna stick. <laughs> this goal though was different. That was a different goal. Crosby <laughs> skated into Allen's right and shot it at Allen, who pretty much had the whole post covered, except for obviously a puck-sized piece as it rolled in past him. And I've flip-flopped a little. I don't know what you think, but I kind of blame Allen because, I mean, you can't let it go in. Yeah. But also... The only defense is it is Sidney Crosby, but it's not like Sid did anything. But that's not a Sidney Crosby goal. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I heard that from Alan a few times. I've heard other people say, well, he always finds a way. And I'm like, yeah, but he couldn't have if you'd done your job. Yeah, like when he's down and out and takes one last deke, not Mm -hmm. like when he fires it at your feet (laughs) against the post. But also, I'll give Alan a little leeway because I've seen... Roberto Luongo and Henrik Lundqvist and really good goalies. Sorry, Alan, you're not in that category for me. <laughs> um, let one slip in here and there. It happens, mm-hmm. so that's fine. The more annoying thing is that it was less than 30 seconds after our goal. That was a big taking the wind out of the sails scenario we had. And it's too bad because I think that relays a lot to this game, this Predators game we'll talk about next because it seems like Yes, that was a wind out of the sails moment. 
but you can put the wind back. You can do it. <laughs> but instead of we just go, oh, the wind is gone and sailing We're is over. <laughs> yes, I will no longer move across the water. I will sink. Which is not how sailboats work either. It's like when they cancel all those uh, high ski jumps at the Olympics if somebody just went back home to their country. Like, well. Olympics over. (laughs) Like, no, no, you just got to wait five seconds. No, no. (laughs) No, no, bye. I'm on the ski lift back home. (laughs) Riding a ski lift (laughs) from Pyeongchang to Vienna. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, the end of the second period. It was 1-1. I was going to go cook myself some lunch, which sounds like a weird sentence. Normally cook yourself dinner. But I was cooking lunch because I'm high class like that. Oh, yeah. You don't make lunch in the Peters household. You cook it. You cook that lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Third period, Stasny had a goal disallowed due to a high stick. I think we both agreed looking at it. It was definitely a high stick. He was kind of moving his stick from... At least hard to argue that it wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) There wasn't indisputable evidence that it wasn't a high stick. And I believe it was called high stick on the ice. It was called a goal. Oh, it was. They did overturn it, yeah. But I think that's fair. Those are always rough. I always think that ones you can sell are when they're parallel with the ice. And it kind of looks like it's at least around like your belly button. You're like, eh, that's not a high stick. Even if you're a tall guy. I feel like Mm -hmm. even Chara can sell... Not a high stick if it's parallel and kind of looks like it's not above your shoulders-ish, which is probably the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a little too bad. That might have also been a wind out of the sails moment. The Penguins then scored a goal a little bit. I mean, good Lord, that must have been right after that. Again, that's 105 into the third period. Yeah, it was 30 seconds later. Or yeah. Something. Oh, no. This team's got a trend. I don't think it was even that. I think it was like 15 seconds Yikes. later. Yikes. This was uh, Penguins goal by Brian Rust, unassisted, but actually really assisted mm. by our own Vince Dunn. <laughs> um, we love Vince here. He's a big fan of the podcast, <laughs> friend of the show, all of that. I know his father. Um, Dan Dunn. Dan Dunn. <laughs> old DD over there off of something <laughs> Avenue. Um, he tried to shoot a quick saucer pass. Dunn did over to Bortuzzo, but Rust uh, bats it out of the air. For a breakaway, and it's a goal. It was a nice breakaway. You can't you can't blame Allen for this. No breakaway goals are Although. you you love to you love to see your goalie stop one. Yeah, but it's you and the shooter, especially on a turnover. He yeah. didn't have any time to set or anything. Yeah, that's rough. That's this game was a lot of a lot of uh, defensive errors. Uh, the next goal by the Penguins in the third period at eleven thirteen, another defensive error. This was scored by Riley Sheehan, formerly of the Detroit Red Wings. John Kelly would be proud. Shane, as <laughs> uh, Doc Emmerich called him. <laughs> this is assisted by Simone. That's his last name. I always want to say Simone Gagne, but that's not who this is. Dominic. Dominic Simone. Simone. Yes. I don't like that name. Um, Petrangelo gets a gets muscled off the puck behind the net. Simone sort of knocks him front into the open area where Sheehan grabs it, does a little backhand forehand past Allen. It was real quick. It was a real nice goal that he was doing at full speed. So that was interesting to see. Not something you normally see from the Blues coming in anywhere at any amount of speed, (laughs) really. And then the Penguins sealed the deal with empty net goal by Sidney Crosby. Sid the kid, swizzle Sidney. It's going to stick, I promise. Assisted by Simone and Russ. They had a little core there that night. Really nice game. Despite all of that being said, I didn't think this game was awful. I thought we stuck with them for a good chunk of time, even when we were 
losing and getting goal scoring us, it seemed like we were at least pushing back a little bit. It, mm-hmm. Actually, this game looks better and better to me, despite the 4-1 score, after watching this Predators game, which I get you don't have the foresight to see when, after you're watching this Penguins game. You don't get to really react in that way. But the Blues did have a really good Corsi, I mean, which is a possession statistic. The Blues outshot the Pens 34-23. to They uh, won face-off percentage 56% to the Pens 44 The Blues were 0-3 on the power play, though, but the Pens were also 0-2, which is a kind of small victory for them being, I believe, at least first in the power play on the road. That might be first in the power play, period. So, I mean, it's a good PK, I suppose. Really good. Three penalty kills in a row, I think, because we only gave the Jets one of four, Mm -hmm. and we we didn't give anything to the Penguins or the... Predators for all the yeah. difference it made. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Good for our penalty kill, nonetheless. I suppose. I don't know if that speaks to the pumping the <laughs> tires. I don't know if that speaks to our penalty kill or just how bad the Blues have been in these last couple of games. But the PK is the one part I trust our team on really mm. anymore now. Yeah, I agree. This game was defensive mistakes. It was kind of a. It was also a lack of offense, really, because it was another game we played in front of Allen and we scored one goal, and it was a Kyle Brodziak goal. I don't mean to take it away from Brodziak, <laughs> but that's not our offensive powerhouse. Nine you know, goals grinding this away. Ian, I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, I thought Murray had a really that good puts game. Him ahead of even Carl Boom Boom. Oh yeah. I thought Murray had a good game. This is yeah, one of the few times that we. Uh, didn't make the goalie look better than they were. I think he had at least two or three really good glove saves. I mean, we put 34 shots on him, and he only let in one. So I think he actually had an outstanding game, which I don't think we've seen too many goalie performances against the Blues this year that have been amazing, where a goalie stole one for him. I mean, he Mm -hmm. certainly didn't really steal one for the Penguins as they scored four goals, but it was nice to, I don't know, it was nice to see a good goalie. Oh, that's so mean. I don't mean that. Carter Hutton's been great. Jake Allen's been fine, so fine. I won't. I won't disparage on them. I won't. I won't run them in the ground. The other thing about this game is it was our fourth game in six days. It was also drilling down even further. Our third game in four days. Eventually, you are going to get tired. They did seem a little tired there in the third period. Yeah, it's going to happen. I was willing to sort of look past this game because they showed up at least and they got beat. And I always like to say, hey, if you're going to lose, at least lose and look like you were trying. And it did look like they were trying the whole time. So that kind of passes my test, especially when we saw the Arizona game and the Minnesota game and the Florida game where they just didn't show up, period. So baby steps. It felt like baby steps. We're better, but we're worse. Oh, no. I mean, we definitely proved we're worse in the next game. Uh, two, a few thoughts on mm-hmm. the, on the Pittsburgh game. First of all, I think our listeners, because of our subdued tone, may think we're blitzed out of our mind. In reality, I'm 80% of a Mick Ultra into this <laughs> podcast. So if I'm drunk, and I've had zero weeds, so if I'm drunk or high, it's not by my own doing. It's just because the team is terrible. But secondly, I called this effort by the Blues a tenacity problem. And the reason I said that is you look at two key moments in this game. Moment number one, we score the go-ahead, I mean, at the time, go-ahead goal in the second period. How many times has this team, in its history, scored a goal and taken the puck right back into their zone and put the pressure on? 
like two percent of the time. Yeah, maybe. it's very rare. Um, we score a goal and immediately they're attacking in our zone, and Crosby gets that weird goal. It's fine. I'm not saying anything about how the goal went in or whose fault it was, but you just you can't concede goals immediately like that ever, especially against a team this good. And the bigger problem was in that moment where we get the call, uh, the goal disallowed on the high stick. I was literally going to our Twitter account to say, important to see if the Blues have the backbone to fight back from having that mm-hmm. disallowed and, and still take the lead. And I couldn't even finish typing the tweet before the other team had scored. And that seems like a very Blues thing. Not that that, I mean, that's a huge momentum shift. I get mm-hmm. it. But like, not that it doesn't happen to other teams, but just, I feel like every time that happens to the Blues, it's just, oh, they score now. Yeah. It's like they could just not. You could just <laughs> not let them score, you know. So I look at those as kind of the two moments where it's like it was a good effort overall, I think. Mm-hmm. But those are two very kind of trademark blues moments where I just look at it and think, come on, guys, you got to give me yeah. more than that, you know. It was definitely seeping through the sort of old blues you've seen in the playoffs area where they just kind of fall apart slowly and you start to see things collapse. And like you said they can't put any pressure on another team after the Blues score a goal. They can't put any pressure on another team when the opposing team scores a goal. They can't. If a goal is scored, the Blues will not put pressure (laughs) on the other team. It doesn't matter whose goal is scored. Yeah, exactly. Um, But uh, that was not the case in the Nashville Mm -hmm. game it wasn't it got worse it was a tenacity game but it did get worse Uh, um i butchered that transition i think the highs were higher but the lows were lower yeah that's fair uh and the highs started with unbelievably a jay bowmeister goal i don't believe you not one he allowed the other team to (laughs) score a real honest to goodness down on the stat sheet, Jay Bomeister goal. Like, with intention. With, he meant to on score purpose. that. Yeah. Yes, like he took a shot and thought, maybe I will score a goal here. <laughs> Incredible. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, the play started in the Nashville zone with Bergwin sk- skating out, and he uh, got tripped pretty queerly, and they called it a delayed penalty, but the puck as- kind of bounced off his falling stick to Bomeister who collected it and skated in and Rene was kind of out of the net. I mean, not like wildly out of position or anything where mm-hmm. it was just an empty netter or whatever, but Bomeister and you mentioned maybe he was just thinking, well, hey, we got the penalty shot. Why not take a chance? You know, yeah. but he actually fired like a, an honest to goodness slap shot and it just beat uh, Pekka Rene over the pad and it was one nothing out of nowhere. And I think my voice raised two octaves that it doesn't have because I just like I looked on the ice and honestly it was such a laser, not that it was like a thousand miles an hour, but yeah. I looked on the ice and I saw nine and I was like, Oh, Tarasenko scored and then I was like, Jay Bomeister, you know, because I saw nine one or one nine. Yeah. And uh I couldn't believe it. It was pretty cool for him. Uh, Darren spent a few minutes shilling for the Fox Sports Midwest sponsors. He got a real, really <laughs> uh, representative oh, game to get to watch in Nashville. I don't know why they were there. I certainly don't know why I was supposed to care. But nonetheless, Darren talked about them. We go into the first intermission. 
up one nothing. Uh, Carter Hutton played a puck at the very end of that period that looked like maybe he was about to let disaster strike, but he managed to get it away before they could knock it in, and the period ended. We go in one nothing. It's great. Sean White wins a gold medal, I think, during that intermission or the next one. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. We were all oh, feeling very feels patriotic like so long and ago. American and proud. And then, even better, uh, much to our amazement, I would say, because I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I do know what I was expecting from this game. I was expecting us to lose yeah. and lose badly, <laughs> which we did ultimately, but we took the In long road. In a different road. way, yeah. Um, Barbashev apparently had missed most of the first period. Not that I'd noticed after it from Yannick <laughs> Weber, who's still in the NHL somehow, uh, but he's back in the second. Um, and then in early in the second period, three minutes in or so, Alexander Steen scores his 13th of the season very nicely. Uh, Tarasenko kind of skated in on the board and passed it to Stasny, who backhanded it into Rene's pad, and Steen was just there to pick up the puck and knock it in on the rebound. It's almost like when you get pressure in front of the goaltender, good things can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's really something that didn't happen any bit at all in the Pittsburgh game. We basically didn't, I didn't look at the heat map, but mm-hmm. it'd be very interesting to look at that because we basically didn't get into their zone at all or like into their, you yeah. know, the high I, danger score. I was surprised. At all. We had quite a few shots from like 10 feet out or so, but we had none from like in front of Murray. Mm-hmm. There was no garbage up yeah, there. Exactly. And some of the credit goes to him and his rebound control, but not all of it. Um, <laughs> Don't give him all the credit. No, definitely not. Uh, Jaden Schwartz scored his 18th of the season. I forgot to write down how far into the period, so we'll just guess and say 11:42. Um, mm-hmm. He was assisted by Alex Steen. Uh, Tarasenko basically fired it right into Steen's gut. I guess Tarasenko maybe got an assist on this too. But it bounced off of Steen's person, and then he knocked it across Rene to Schwartz, who had a very Troy Brower goal, where he swatted and swatted at it and finally (laughs) somehow got it in. And it was great. We were on top of the world. Um, It was three to nothing blues in Nashville, and we were almost entirely without any fear that anything might happen. It was still it was deep down. Deep, but it was quiet. You yeah, know? it was, it was just a quiet like, fear. It was like Mordor was just sleeping, and the mm-hmm. beast was inside, but it was quiet. It was hibernating. Uh, there was a penalty called on Petrangelo when he and Hartnell leaned on each other, and Hartnell fell down first. It was <laughs> called holding, which it, both of his hands were on a stick, so I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah. But it was called, and we killed the penalty. And then uh, before that penalty ended with 10 seconds left, the best moment of the game from a pure fun standpoint was when the referee <laughs> skated over to his spot and called a penalty on the Predators, a bench miner for, and I quote, too many guys on the ice. They had six gentlemen and the goaler. So uh, it was just one of the great calls of all time. I'm hoping uh, it'll be on the um, on the YouTubes for ages <laughs> to come with giving him the business and you can't do that. And that guy who just straight cussed out James Neal that one time, <laughs> which I can't repeat, but strongly suggest you look up. <laughs> Uh, just look up James Neal embellishment referee and you'll find yeah. it. I think goaler sounds a lot like a position in Quidditch. Yeah. <laughs> he was the goaler. Harry, you're the goaler. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, 
Too many men in the air, I guess, then. Too many gentlemen. Although they can have ladies, too. So, you know, then oh, you they're get the very progressive. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, in the third, in the second period, we outshot the Predator 16 to 3. We were going into the second intermission. It's Mardi Gras. We're having a grand old time. You're thinking, what terrible thing could possibly happen to this team? And then it did happen. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but we have to. <laughs> Callie Yarncroke, with the worst name in hockey, scored a goal at some point, about 10 minutes in. I, well, yeah. 14th of the season. It was right about halfway. Uh, it was just Subban passed to Ekholm along the blue line. Ekholm took a one-timer that bounced back to Yarncroke, who put it in. And I'm thinking, and I even tweeted, thank you for scoring just in time for me to panic for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. You were right. You could... You were right to panic. Lead. Yeah, oh, I was right. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I was totally correct. But I was just thinking, you know, if you waited until five minutes left, I would have thought, oh, a charity goal. Whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But not with ten minutes left. And not in Nashville. And credit to this crowd. I hate them. I'm mm-hmm. starting to hate Nashville with a flaming passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> but they, this thing sounded like a playoff game. Right from the drop of the puck. Yeah. It was loud in that building. As long as the Predators had any momentum, they were just raucous. And I thought, we both said, I said, I know I said on this podcast back in the summer, back when we were just we podcasting pups, <laughs> I said, I don't think they'll have a crowd by halfway through this season if they suck, which they didn't, to be fair. But, like, I just, I thought last year was an anomaly and they were going to go away. But credit to Nashville. Mm-hmm. They've kept the, all the bandwagon fans have stayed, and they're still loud. They're still on a bandwagon. They're strapped they're still to that loud. wagon. Um, and so the place started rocking. They gave a Hutton, uh, "You suck. It's all your fault." Chant, which I thought was bold because it was a three-one deficit still. And oh no, Carter Hutton's no. their guy, but uh, they knew. But they knew. They knew what they were doing. They're diabolical, longtime hockey fans in Nashville. Uh, Bunch of Hoosiers. And, <laughs> and so the game progressed. Austin Watson scored a goal. Uh, this one was a shorthander, I believe, and credit to Toast Dispatch on Twitter, who tweeted, I'm not going to find it and quote him exactly, but he basically said, watch out for the shorty because you know Nashville's going to pursue, pursue it with everything they've yeah. got, and naturally the puck gets out of our zone. And I think we allow it, what, like two shorthanders a week? We're terrible at it. <laughs> and uh, Austin Watson passed it to the middle to Colton Sissons, who did a twisting backhand thing to Ryan Ellis, <laughs> who, I don't know, shot it, and then it bounced back we to Watson. We had four and Watson blues around these guys, and not a single one of them got no. their stick on the puck. No, Hutton had to save, well, I think, twice. I think he got two saves and just... That honest to God, eventually you can score. That honest to God felt like a three on zero, like with how much dipsy doodle crap they did. It was so dumb. It was bad, a hundred percent. But they shot, it went in, and at this point we're thinking, "That's all." It was it was over. We knew, we knew. Everyone knew. If you were out there and you were a Blues fan and you honestly didn't thought we could hold on to this, God bless you. I mean, just God bless you, seriously. Hold on to that light. Uh, yeah, keep Never it. let it go. <laughs> this little light of mine, you better let it shine. <laughs> Don't hide it in a bushel basket, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, it didn't take long. About a no minute and a half later, Austin Watson himself buried the equalizer. 
uh, Craig Smith and Matthias Ekholm assisted. This was basically a giant scrum at the net. Hutton made a couple of saves. It eventually got knocked in out of the air by Watson. Um, what was confusing here is that the ref seemingly blowed the play dead uh, and called it no goal on the ice, and then they just awarded a goal later, but there didn't seem to be any real review process or yeah, anything. Yeah, you're right. It just was real quick. And it was definitely whistled dead on the ice, so that should have been. Um, and then more, more than even that, uh, Austin Watson clearly plowed right into Carter Hutton at one point in this, but goaltender interference is just not a thing anymore. Yeah, be so. damned. Uh, I'm not even going to harp on that because we couldn't have won this game at this point in a million thousand years. So it was what it was. Almost credit to the Blues for not just collapsing in regulation, like weird, like backhanded, like golf clap for the Blues that they held on to overtime. The Preds outshot them 15-7 in the third. Ian is like, he's currently just waiting. He's just chomping at the bit. We've got him restrained till we get through all the details of the game so he can just unleash hell on this microphone. (laughs) Um, In overtime, we had a little prop bet between ourselves. Price is right, closest without going over, who would... How fast would the Predators win the game? I went 102. You said 50. We technically both went over, I guess. Yeah, I didn't define the rules. Uh, But in any case, Forsberg uh, skated in along the wall. Schwartz kind of hooked him, and they called it a penalty shot, Mm -hmm. which it wasn't at all. And allow me, if I may, to read straight from the NHL rule book, rule 57.3. When a player in the neutral or attacking zone in control of the puck or who could have obtained possession in control of the puck and having no other opponent to pass than the goalkeeper, which is the the critical part there, no other opponent to a pass than the goalkeeper, which is a fancy rulebook way of saying breakaway, (laughs) is tripped or otherwise fouled from behind, thus preventing a reasonable scoring opportunity, a penalty shot shall be awarded to the non-offending team. I have seen a thousand times more blatant breakaways broken up by penalties that were not called penalty yeah. shots than this one. Austin Watson was parallel with Schwartz the entire time, and Paul Stastny was right there too, not to mention the fact that he was also to the side of Hutton. He wasn't coming straight at him. Or not Austin Watson, sorry, Philip Forsberg. It was not a penalty shot at all. No. And don't get me wrong, folks, I'm not, like, we would have lost. I'm not saying we got screwed because it's not true <laughs> yeah four on three the only people kill, we got but... screwed by is ourselves we screwed us but <laughs> uh this penalty shot should not have been and even petrangelo said game winner wasn't a penalty much less a penalty shot could have i think it might have been a hook i don't yeah. think that's as debatable but it certainly wasn't a penalty shot um mike yo said something about how it wasn't. I thought I wrote down the quote, but I didn't. Uh, You said gross. Yeah. Um, In any case, Forsberg barely even moved on the penalty shot, just kind of wristed it over Hutton, and the rest was history. Predators win 4-3. to The Dreamers and the crowd are saying, well, we took a point at least, and everyone else is calling for the end of the Blues and calling this the apocalypse. Ian... Which is it? They should dissolve this team. <laughs> We're taking the shackles off. Yeah, folks. dissolve it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> like we 
when they scored that first goal against us, and it was like I think it was like ten minutes into the third period, we had half the period left, and we both said, "Oh man, it's so like we jokingly said it was over," but it's one of those half jokes because I believed they were gonna do this. And watching it happen, and even the penalty it's the kind shot. Of joke you make for someone who's like in hospice care, you know, where you're like saying something sweet to give them a little mm-hmm. hope, but you both know that it can't happen. Yeah. You can't go to the Alps now. Those days are over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I expected after it was 3 1. I. What's so I dumb think, with this team is think, we shouldn't we shouldn't have to expect. A lot. When we go down, we didn't even go down. See, I said we go down. I was going to say we went down one to three. It doesn't <laughs> even make sense. When they score one goal on us with ten minutes left, I should not feel like it's over. And I know I'm not alone. I mean, at least I don't know if Twitter is just weird, so maybe there's every other fan in the Blues Nation uh-huh. feels totally positive, but I can't believe that's true. I feel more people than not. When they scored that first goal, probably got a little, a little butterflies in the stomach, like uh oh, and especially when it was three two. I get that's the normal feeling, but do you think Penguins fans or Hawks fans of yore or any of these fans feel like oh it's over? No, they probably don't, and they shouldn't because you're a professional hockey team, and goddamn it, you should still win the game. <laughs> it's so stupid. I'm so tired of it, and it's so annoying because. We lost those games against the Wild and Arizona and Florida, and we're losing, and we're losing, (laughs) and it's bullshit. (laughs) We're losing because we're not trying, and that's one kind of loss. That was the regular season loss, but what we saw tonight against Nashville was the thing we're leading up to. It showed us what's going to happen. It's the playoff loss. Uh-huh. That's the normal playoff loss, it's and like it's against the playoff team. This, it's like a reflection of the series, too. Where yeah. It's like we'll go up in the series, too, and then still just blow it to smithereens. Well, we were talking about how we played the Hawks in, what was it, 2015 or whatever the hell it was, 2015-16, and it was like game six or whatever, and we were up like 3-0 on the Hawks in mm-hmm. Chicago, and it's like, awesome, awesome. And even then I remember thinking, Oh, this is not good. It's too early. Mm-hmm. And it was, and we lost. And it just it happens all the time. And I'm so It happened ti- last year. I'm so apparently. tired of it. I don't it. even yeah. remember it, but somebody tweeted out from the Nashville press yeah. that we lost a three goal lead in Nashville last year. And they won the game. Don't these And lo- I don't yeah. even like I don't even have to fact check that. Somebody can just tell <laughs> me it's true and I'm like, Yep, yep, for sure. Don't yep. they just feel like a wash, like you've lost track of like what playoff losses are it just happens it's like this weird slide down a hill you can't control you just watch it happen Uh and they fade into all the rest of the stupid just playoff losses yeah and that's what tonight felt like because it was a playoff crowd and it was a very probable playoff opponent Mm -hmm. and it's just gonna happen and it's just gonna happen they showed it to us and maybe they change things and maybe they put their foot on the gas and maybe they look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and maybe it starts with them or whatever crap they say, and I'm just I'm we, we so were, sick of it. We were going to possibly talk about it before, and we didn't because this game kind of shifted our focus, but uh-huh. there's a lot of talk in the NHL about shifting the playoff format, and I don't like it, and here's the reason why. You don't want to shift or you do? I don't want to shift. Okay. Which I know is the minority, but here's why, here, here's why I'll say. We're not better than the Predators. 
True. In the current format, we have to. I mean, and this is this will be true either way. But we have to either beat the predators in the first round, or we have to beat someone who beat the predators later on. Mm-hmm. You know, or the second or third round. I mean, eventually we have to either beat the predators or a team that beat the predators. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want a format where we. I don't want to. I don't know. I don't want a <laughs> format that allows the Blues to like backwards into a. You know, like that somehow. Oh, I do. <laughs> so I guess so. I guess I do. I mean, I do. I'm angry. So just. I, you no, know, I understand. Just give me my yeah. moment. But like somehow the Flames beat the Predators and the Jets, and then they're just like dog tired in the conference finals, and they've just got nothing left, and we mm-hmm. win four games to one, and Matthew Kipchuk gets beheaded by Kyle <laughs> this, is getting, um, this is getting better and better. It's just... Uh, I know I what you mean. Like, so that's not to go on to that point, but exactly what you said about this is a preview of the playoffs. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. And that's why I think, you know, we saw some people, and but seriously, and I, I know I sound angry, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, <laughs> bless you for carrying the fire. Honest to God, bless you for maintaining some hope. But we see some people on Twitter who are like, it's going to be fine. It's why just are you reacting loss. like it's the end of the world? Why are you doing this? It's because it's the same stuff. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear, but I'm going to eventually. It's the same crap all the time. All the time. And this is different. This is like a different coat of paint mm-hmm. than the uh, Minnesota and Arizona yeah, loss. Exactly. But it's the same thing. It's the same damn thing. Every time we lose majorly, it's the same problem. And you pointed out, and I want to address it because I'm angry now, <laughs> there are people on Twitter who, after a loss like this, and again, Twitter's not every fan, I mm-hmm. get it, you know, necessary disclaimers aside, but they'll be like, this is why we got to get Sobotka oh, off yeah. of this team, so or Bergwind, or whoever. Bo Meester wasn't the scapegoat tonight because he scored a goal, but it <laughs> would have been any other night. Yeah. And I'm just like, are you really deluding yourself that, Vladimir Sabotka is the problem with this team. And I'm not even sh- saying he's a benefit yeah. to this team. We probably shouldn't have brought him back. His contract's not great. I don't care. But, like, mm. how do you believe that Sabotka, like, we trade Sabotka straight up for Mike Hoffman? Yeah. And this loss doesn't happen, really? Yeah. I mean, do you really believe that? There's no chance. Like somebody on Twitter said, I'm forgetting who at the moment. I'm sorry if you listen to this. But they made the really brilliant point of just like, yeah, so, and maybe it was Panger's stool. I think it was. But yeah. it was like, yeah, so we add Hoffman. Does that change this game? Maybe it makes our wins look better, but it doesn't make the Minnesota loss any different sort yeah. of thing. You know, it's just, unless Mike Hoffman is like a hidden superstar, like <laughs> Napoleonic Constantinian leader, in his heart of hearts, he's just like General Patton, and he can just carry yeah. these bags of crap to victory. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, then trade. I sell the world for him. Give him Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I mean, that's what we need. And I'm not saying give him Tarasenko. Yeah. I'm just saying like the lead, yeah. There's not the problem. Isn't the personnel in terms of what they can do on the ice mm-hmm. at their best? Because we've seen this team beat Chicago back when Chicago was good. Yeah. And that wasn't just because we had Troy Brower and David Backus. You know, I mean, part of it, but not really. <laughs> you know, so, sorry, you please go ahead because I'm running out of breath. <laughs> I, uh, it's just the most frustrating thing. I think this is 
it's probably all added up. The Minnesota loss and the Arizona loss and stuff has added up to this being like a point where I'm like, I just can't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I this team could surprise me. But sometimes I do think, and I've thought this in some of our major losses, and I've bitten my tongue because I'm like, I don't want to like be too downer because mm-hmm. a, a loss is a loss. But sometimes I do sit and watch this team play, and I go, I don't know whose problem it is or what amalgamation of different players is just making this team not work or it's the whole organization or what. But they just need, I feel like if this team wins a cup, it's not with this group of players. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is, and I'll say it now because who listens, I don't know. Ed, I'm talking I'm talking Schwartz, I'm talking Petrangelo, I'm talking Allen, I'm talking Tarasenko, and I'm not blaming these people necessarily, but I'm saying I think they're gone mm-hmm. and hell, maybe retired, like not even on other teams anymore, before we have re-upped and have a new window of like, okay, this will work. Yeah. I don't know why I feel this way. I think it's because we've made little tweaks and changes here and there. Bacchus is constantly, gone. Constantly, by the way. Yeah. Constantly we've tried that. No, that's why I mean. Bacchus is gone. Oshi's gone. Since, Perron's gone. And it's least, the same thing. Since at least the year we traded Perron. That was kind of the first move since the start of the bacchus oshi Perron core. Mm-hmm. Where we were like, okay, it's not happening. Time to start making tweaks. And since then, we've made some tweak every year of subtracting some voice or adding some big player. Mm -hmm. And it's the same stuff. The best result we've had is a lackluster conference Mm -hmm. final exit. And yeah, you can say, well, they were so tired, but the other team's tired too. I hate that excuse so much. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, uh You both played two series. And it's our, and that's the other thing too, was like, yeah, well, both of ours went to seven games. That was our fault. Yeah, that's. We were up in both of the series. (laughs) We could have just buried them. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's the same thing. That's the series. We could have just won. Nope. We had seven games. We just coughed them up. And then like the. The the Dallas one, not I mean, we're just going all over the place. So <laughs> Whatever, just go for it. That one's such a, a perfect picture of it because we just slaughter them in game seven. <laughs> I mean, at least the Blackhawks are the Blackhawks, and at that mm-hmm. point they've won like three Stanley Cups, and they're so good. Like that whole that now that they suck again, yeah. I feel comfortable saying even <laughs> as a Blues fan that that whole dynasty is what I want the Blues to be mm-hmm. someday. But like, at least with them, it's like they're the rival. They're never going to die. You've got to kill them. They just keep coming yeah. back like Dracula or whatever. Fine. But then the friggin' Dallas Stars <laughs> are such a nothing burger team that year with no character and no identity. And we take them to seven games almost as if to prove that we can. No, no, and then exactly. And we just murder them. And we're watching, I remember distinctly watching that game together and just being like, so this is how it ends? Like... <laughs> We're just going to the conference finals now because it was nothing. And that's that's this team in a nutshell. Yeah, I remember thinking that. What did we beat them, like 6-2 to two or 6-1? Uh, yeah, to one something in, absurd. In I mean, Game 7 in, in Dallas. In Dallas? I was like, <laughs> how did this team take us to Game 7? They're oh. terrible. <laughs> yeah, so. I don't get it. I, I, From what I said, I want people to know, yes, this is not like a, I hate Tarasenko and Schwartz and stuff. I'm just saying that's a core that we've had that just can't I, they get it done they score and stuff mm-hmm. but that's like i don't like you were talking about earlier it's not so much like a production thing like mm-hmm. you know they score goals and they got stats 
but it's like uh, this team, that core, can't stop the bleeding. They can never. We've never been able to just push. When a team pushes us, we never go no or like stop or yeah. I get where I get. You're never gonna take a team like um, I don't know, like a Blackhawks or a Nashville. And like push completely back, like you just all of a sudden stun them. They push against you, and you just run over them the other way. Mm-hmm. But push back enough to make it even. Push yeah. back enough that they're not just running over you. It's absolutely ridiculous looking. This team's got no like character to it. I don't and, know. And to to just kind of talk about your point, and I think to maybe clarify what you're saying. Yeah. That you can't do it for yourself, but no, I please, don't think please. You're saying like none of these guys can win a cup. Like, you're certainly not saying they're not talented. No, no. But I th- it's kind of like you're making a soup. If you make it, if you make a <laughs> soup and you get to the end and it's not good soup, you can't be like, oh, I got to take the cumin out at this point. You got to start with a whole new soup. Exactly. You know? Ex- and, a very good metaphor. And it's not, you know, you could, we could, we could win with Tarasenko we could win with Allen. We could win with Schwartz. But there's something wrong in the fiber of this team. And and the people like the people who think it's a Max Pacioretty away from the cup are the same people who were probably saying it was trading T.J. Oshie away from the cup. Mm-hmm. Or it was adding Ryan Miller away from the cup. Or it was adding Jay Bowmeister. You remember when we wanted Jay Bowmeister <laughs> on this team? Away from the cup. And it... It just, we keep going through the cycle and we keep saying, oh, it's this or that, it's, mm-hmm. it's this thing, it's that thing. I don't know what the thing is. And it's clear that Doug Armstrong doesn't know what the thing is. It's not a coaching change. It's not a trade that can be made. I don't know, like, if the, I would think, I would pray to God if there was one player who was just such a cancer on this team, I would pray that they just, like, cut him at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they couldn't trade him. Like, if it was Alex Steen, I'm not saying it is. There are lots of rumors about <laughs> Steen, though, so I'm just picking his name because I know he's been called the independent contractor or whatever. If you need to sink $6 million, not that you couldn't find a trade partner for him, but if you had to do that just mm-hmm. to change whatever's wrong in this team, do it! Like, do it <laughs> tomorrow. I don't care. I can't keep going with this team on this track. And just being like, it'll be fine, you know, because we're going to get that bounce back when you know we'll beat the Stars like 4-1. to one, mm-hmm. And everybody will be like, good job, we're, we're back, yeah. it's the Blues again. And <laughs> then we lose to the Sharks or whoever's next. And we've got Winnipeg yeah. and Nashville. And it's just, we said last week, we talked about how we were 8-3 and three and it didn't feel like it. Now we're 8-5 and five. And it sure doesn't feel like even that. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's baffling to me that we can keep going down this road and never realize, you know, it's like you keep seeing the danger signs and you're like, eh, probably not though, right? You know? Oh, that's what's going to be frustrating when when and if, and I hope not, because I do hope they win with this group and everything. But if they don't, it's just going to be annoying when in five years, I don't know. They give up and go, it just wasn't, you know, they throw out the Rangers uh, letter to the fans, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to see some fan favorites traded away, we're going to rebuild, and like, yeah, that should have been done. I mean, I guess it shouldn't have been, but you saw this coming. Yeah. And I don't know, they've, it's very angry, we'll be be better and happier next time, I don't know. It's just, 
This is the feeling right after that game. Well, it's just the same can line of like, well, we took our foot off the gas. But you do every time. Yeah, what do you have to learn? Every single time. You did it in Winnipeg. Tarasenko just bailed you out. Mm-hmm. You were up 3 nothing, and then you were 3-2. If they'd scored, you would have said that line then. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Tarasenko bailed you out with the, with the fourth goal. Right after Line A scored his goal, and we look at that as a huge victory. It's that simple, and you said it. You may not even remember it, but there was a play. I can't remember if it was the power play or what, but there was a play when it was three nothing. Schwartz came in on something of a breakaway. Oh yeah, and he made a move, and it was like a, a great move, and he took the shot. And I can't remember if he just missed or if um, what's his ass. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the same. But you even said. That's the moment you can look back on if we lose and be like, what if that fourth goal would have been real nice, you know? And we we forgot until now because of how infuriating it was. But it's exactly that thing. You're up 3 nothing, And how many years ago, how many years ago did Doug Armstrong say, you got to take the knife or whatever and you got to jab it through their eye and into their brain and kill them? That's and why he lost still, to the Hawks, and we still can't. In like 2000, what, 9, 12? I don't know, probably 2012 or 13. Yeah. It's been a good minute, and it's we still It's been like four can't. seasons. We still can't do it there's at a, all. There's enough of a different personnel that it should make a difference. And I know we just talked about how one player shouldn't make a difference, mm-hmm. but sometimes I don't think it's a skill thing because we can see him score and stuff, but we talked about it after the Minnesota loss, I think. It's like a heart thing. This is sometimes when I wish... I know you don't trade these guys readily, but it's like uh, a... Um, who's the scrappy little dude up in the Habs? Like, Gallagher. Yeah, Gallagher. Or somebody that's just like an ass. Uh-huh. I need like an ass on this team that's going to pull people in. Brad Marsh. <laughs> yeah, like just I don't know. Look at this team and who's the te- the guy that's like gonna get on people or is physical or is in the other team's face is a player that's not playing a bunch of minutes, which I don't fault them for not playing. Uh-huh. But like a Robert Bertuzzo can't pull this team through the muck right. off of him like cross checking people. It's just not gonna happen. Uh-huh. A Joel Edmondson, I think that's the one thing we might miss with him, is yeah. that he's a little more in your face and physical and gets those minutes. Yeah. But I need a guy that I know every team wants this, but a guy that can score but is also willing to just like punch a dude in the mouth. And David Backus did that, but he did it in the wrong place. <laughs> he did it when we needed to win the game. Yeah. Week, you know, he just didn't. And it, I, you know, I think we'd have the same problems, but maybe not as sharp, if, maybe not yeah. as acute, acute if we had David Backus right now. But God, yeah, you're right. We need somebody. Who just has that fire. We've got no backbone. We need Braden Shin dropping the mitts at the yeah. start of the game, but we need that 24-7 yeah. all the time. It's <laughs> just not here. And I think even, like, I know he got crapped upon constantly, but I think even David Perron was kind of yeah. the player who's just, like, annoying the crap out of the other team the entire game from mm-hmm. start to finish, you know? We don't even have that. <laughs> we don't even have the pest. We need to trade for Matthew Kachuk. That's what we need. It would just be so nice to see, I don't know, someone... I I guess it's maybe because those players seem like they care, but Mm -hmm. I guess to end any thoughts I have, I've thought about this before at work when I'm real bored and thinking about this team. Which is most of the time at work. Oh, it's... I was like, it's very... Pete's (laughs) working. It's very busy, but I'm bored. Um, Is... 
if this team wins a cup with this team or another team, or if this team, I'd say if this team wins a series, it's unbelievable. And I truly, truly mean that to like the core of my being. It is unbelievable. If they win a series this year or beat Nashville in any part yeah. of the playoffs, or I'll even say Winnipeg, even though I beat them, because Winnipeg will be a tough seven games or four games if, or what have you. It's yeah. unbelievable. Like it would happen, and I'd have to like walk around a little to absorb it all because I can't see it. I just cannot see it. I see it. I do see a situation though, and this is real, just because of I know the Blues. They get into the playoffs. They draw Vegas, which is who we draw. That's right what I was now. talking about. Yeah, and we beat them oh. because wait, just because. Uh. <laughs> It's a miracle thing, but you think, you assume it has to end at some point, right? And maybe the gas just runs out, and they don't have the playoff chemistry yet, and we beat them, and then everybody's like, oh, look at this team. No, look at this team no. that just beat the Western Conference champions, and that's when we just get smashed by the Jets or the Predators. <laughs> I can see it coming. And just one last thought. As we approach the deadline, and we'll talk about this, and I'm sure we'll have cooler heads when we talk on Saturday, assuming mm. that Doug Armstrong hasn't done some boneheaded <laughs> for them, which I could almost uh, see in response to this. Yeah. But you talk about tearing down the core, you know, or waiting for the core to pass, and I think there's some truth in that. But the only way you take basically this core. Mm-hmm anywhere is you do a trade similar to the Eric Johnson trade, but even bigger where you're just, you just take like Petrangelo and Steen or, and and, you know, I'm picking names at Pareko and Schwartz, two big cores of this team. And you're like here, Ottawa, we want Mark Stone and whoever. I don't know. know, Eric Carlson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd walk into mom. the street. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what I would do. I don't know if that would be good. I just like wouldn't know yeah. what day it like, was. Okay, well, this happened. Okay, so this is our life. There are or, no rules. The other thing, and and it's kind of the counterpart to that Carlson thing. You bring in somebody. We talked about John Tavares, but whoever it is, you bring in somebody to this team who the moment they walk into the clubhouse, that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Even because I feel like one of the problems with this totally team, and it's no, it's no fault of his necessarily, but Tarasenko is the guy on this team, but he just doesn't. That's not his character, and I don't. I don't think it's a language barrier thing. He's just not the guy. He's very in his own head a lot in good mm-hmm. ways because he's hard on himself and he wants to be a leader and he wants to put this team on his back. But yeah. he does not have, to me, the character to be the guy who's like, okay, guys, let's go get this win right now. I'm Agreed. the leader. I'm taking us onto the ice. I don't know if John Tavares does, but we need one of those top ten. That's And I'm not even saying that works, but that's our only prayer. Yeah. You know, we bring that guy into the clubhouse, and then it's like, okay, this is his team now. Sorry, Petro and Tarasenko. Maybe even rip the C yeah. off of Petro's chest if it's a big enough guy. And just say, you know, this is what happened. Uh, <laughs> this is happening. I it's think happening, sweetheart. <laughs> I think you're right. Sometimes, I guess that's a more positive way or nicer way of putting this. I don't see this core all of a sudden just elevating themselves mm-hmm. i don't see them just oh man all of a sudden they turn it on and they win i think we've seen what they can do we either need to change it mm-hmm. or we need to supplement it and i maybe supplement's the wrong word but 
not with small things, not with a Pat Maroon, not with, you know, little things like that. We need a John, we need a big piece yeah. shoved in there that's like, oh, everyone everyone, including I mean that's not how their positions are played, including Tarasenko and whatnot, are moved down the lineup. Uh-huh. This guy, like you said, numero uno. It's such a it's such a stupid little thing. But you see those uh NBC, you know, hockey on NBC things, yeah. NHL on NBC things, and it'll always be like Tarasenko takes on Crosby or whatever. Except for us, even with Tarasenko, that rotates. Sometimes it's Petrangelo, sometimes yeah. it's Shen or whatever. I want it to be one guy. <laughs> I don't know who it is. I don't care if it, you know, even if it was, and I, I don't really want this unless there's major things involved, but even if it was Carey Price, I just want, like, the identity of this team You're to right. change to the point that it's like, and that's not the only way you can do it. You can do the big trade. There's other things. Or you can start to sell and be like, it's Robert Thomas's team. I don't care. <laughs> but it's got to change. It has to change. We'll talk about it, it won't more change. on Saturday because we can keep going. for It, it won't. It probably won't. Just hug yourself. That's <sighs> all yourself. we got is ourselves. And the one way we can comfort ourselves as Blues fans is remembering <laughs> that it's all coming to a flaming <laughs> Apollo 13 ending. For the Chicago Blackhawks. Wait, did they they're, live? They're not going to live. They're going to burn up in space. <laughs> so whichever one didn't make it, I'm back. They're getting real history. dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Lazarus of the Chicago Sun-Times wrote a brilliant Twitter thread that I'm going to read to you in total for our Tweet of the Week, at Mark Lazarus on Twitter. He says... Let me preface this ill-advised rant by saying that I'm well aware that Blackhawks Twitter is not representative of the fan base as a whole. This is a place of extremes. That said, what astounds me is how much how excuse me, what astounds me is how much so many of you seem to hate these guys. You don't lament Seabrook's decline. You despise him for it. You hold his contract against him like he robbed you personally, as if you would have turned it down. You don't wonder if Jonathan Taves is slipping. You want to fire him into the sun for slipping. You hate him. You hate Jonathan frickin' Taves. All Duncan Keith has done is win two Norris trophies and a Conn Smythe, and you hate him because he's lost a step in his 13th season. You don't lament his contract. You hate him and want him gone. I don't want to be homery here. The season is a disaster in many ways, but Jet... JFC, which I think stands for Jesus Fitzgerald Christ. <laughs> get a grip and get some perspective. You guys, you got three cups in nine years and you hate these guys. What the hell kind of fan are you? Be sad. Be frustrated. Rage against management, sure. Want them traded for cap reasons, even. That's all legitimate and warranted in some cases. But the vitriol you spew at players who brought you so much over the years, Jesus, get a grip. You know what most fans would give to have a decade like you have, so... Bravo to that man good for job. just Very letting good. it rip. And I hope Jeremy Rutherford gives us one of those some days. But maybe in reverse, maybe at management and less things change, yeah. possibly. <laughs> uh, that, all of that is to say we're very angry tonight. Mm-hmm. More more dismayed even than angry, I think. I mean, we're angry, but it's kind of like, why didn't we see this coming? Yeah, sort that's of angry, what I mean. You know? uh, but 
We love this team. We desperately want them to win a cup. <laughs> you know what it felt like? It felt like if you've ever seen the gif or the... I don't know why I'm already laughing. But... The gif or the meme or something of... Uh, it's uh, Scooby-Doo. And they got, the, they got the guy, the monster they found all tied up. Uh-huh. And so the Scooby-Doo mask of this monster is like the wild loss. Uh-huh. And like the coyotes loss, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they pull the mask off, and, and it's, it's the it's the Nashville loss or it's playoff losses, yeah. and you're like, oh, playoff <laughs> loss! I should have seen you coming. <laughs> That's a perfect analogy, honestly. It's perfect. Yeah, it's just it's a nightmare, but we get to live in it together. We get to walk the wastelands <laughs> as a family, and we love you all. <laughs> Enter the Sandman. Uh, that's a, it for us tonight. We will be talking to the guys at the Rap Podcast on Thursday. Please do check it out. We'll We're going to try and get just as angry. Yeah, about Mario Kart <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know we'll talk about some blues, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we'll talk to them on Thursday. Bonus episode on Saturday. Regular episodes for the next few weeks on Thursday until mm-hmm. March hits and then all hell breaks <laughs> loose. Uh, but we'll cover all that when we get to it. Thank you for listening to us. Goodbye. (laughs) Good night.